essence of EJ is completely gone from your voice. It's completely different this time around. Oh my gosh. What does it sound like? Like a former shell of myself? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I. All right. Well, you might have caught me. I'm laying down, so maybe I'll just sit up. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? No diaphragm. <laughs> yeah. Was, hey, I don't. I don't judge. You don't have to do this podcast wearing pants. <laughs> well, I didn't say I was going to put on clothes. I was just chilling. I was laying on my couch. But all right. <sighs> like that huh yeah yeah it's it's the lord's day it's sunday you know it's the sabbath so uh-huh maybe that's what's different it's sunday yeah your your energy's completely different for uh for a sunday <laughs> i am i'm i'm really i'm dreading having to do yard work, so that could be another thing oh geez yards i don't yeah. even know I've never had a yard in my 36 years of living. Really? Hmm. Yeah, dude, it's just... I didn't grow up super rich or anything like that. Well, so Super rich, but I had... I mean, No, I technically I had a yard for like three years when I was living the farthest away from L.A. Right. And you didn't... Did you not maintain? Well, I mean, I was like seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we were just renting the property, so it's not like I had to do very much. Ah, okay. Well, I've been putting this off. So you could it's like visibly looking out of control. So this is like if uh city maintenance workers just put off cutting those you know, like the the maintenance grass, just the city grass where it's just like, okay, it's starting to look like crops out here or something like that. So uh, so that's probably, you know, Sundays, usually people just do sort of house cleaning stuff and chores. And I'm just not about that right now. Mm-hmm. I'm about HBO okay. Max right now. <laughs> so, What do you watch on HBO Max? Uh, well, I, as soon as I got it, I binged... Uh, the whole series of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which was okay. really cool to see again. Um, Wouldn't that be reserved on Peacock? Uh, I might, guess it's on HBO Max. I'm not exactly sure because I because well, it's it's a Warner show, so HBO oh, okay. will have it. But I I do think a lot of because it has Friends on there too, so there's going to be a lot of crossover, which is why I'm not sure what yeah yeah Warner has Friends Peacock is yeah. But I'm like, and they'll uh, have Big Bang too. Yeah, they do have it. It's on there. Um, but yeah, I the only thing really I've heard of Peacock is the the new Saved by the Bell show, which uh, I think that's that's I'm sure they have others, but that's the only exclusive I really heard about. And I'm still not mm-hmm. quite sure what the Peacock is. <laughs> so to get, so I mean, it's basically NBC Universal's or at least NBC's streaming app. Mm-hmm. So whatever they make within their studios that they own the rights to, they'll they'll have on their uh, streaming service. But I think it's like the last of the big ones to really kind of join on. Right. Truthfully, I don't I don't know if I if it's actually out and available yet. Um, but I do have Hulu, which is kind of like their first project, right? Uh, I don't know about NBC specifically, but it 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 was basically yeah the TV networks sort of consolidated on Hulu because there's a bunch of network stuff on there, not just NBC. Mm-hmm. But uh, is it, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be in the vein of like CBS All Access and stuff like that, where it's mostly TV, not like movies or uh, document, you know, anything else other than shows. Right. Well, if you're going to call it CBS All Access, then I'm pretty sure that it's going to be mainly TV properties, unless they come up with some kind of a Paramount Viacom Plus service. But mm, I Netflix is just fine for me. <laughs> and, and Hulu, because, you know, it kind of has a spectrum of content. Right, right. Hulu used to be at my top. Um, they their Their movie selection is always great. But, oh, man, HBO Max. I don't know. I've, I guess just Warner has a great library because just 
well hbo anyway had a bunch of great mm-hmm. movies but then just adding on uh warner exclusive stuff is just awesome um i'll tell you what's really low i mean maybe not even low key yeah low key just sort of like holy crap i can't believe this is on here um all the classic looney tunes cartoons that uh mm-hmm. i used to watch it's because i i think i think i caught because i used to watch those religiously as a kid and then um of course i grew up and you know they weren't on and you know but i think i caught some before on uh cartoon network like in my teenage years or maybe closer to college and then i just kind of realized that some of the humor actually is not only kitty like there's some great crossover humor and i was thinking like oh wait a minute this was in the era where people used to go to you know they used to get shorts before the movies like before uh classic movies and things like that and so they would probably play to an audience of adults as well as kids and so they were they put a lot of interesting humor in there and then so there were just some jokes that resonated with me um as an adult that didn't hit me as a kid and now i'm just sort of finding out how much i love the older version of the elmer fudd character (laughs) you know when i when i when i think about um the Looney Tunes and stuff like that. I mean, when you compare it to a lot of like cartoons today or even actual material that's marketed and meant for kids, you can kind of see that maybe Looney Tunes was just adults making animation and less about making cartoons for kids. Does that make right. sense? It does. Um, well, now, cause I, yeah, now that I think about it, because humor in general just wasn't edgy back then, it was a lot more, you know, uh, I mean, you can construe it as um, something that was considered just normal, like not even children's comedy back then would be appropriate for the whole family just because they didn't go to that edge. So there was, you know, Mm. South Park or even a Simpsons type thing. So I would think, yeah, the, the Looney Tunes probably, even though there are a lot of visceral things that kids would catch on to and uh and things like that there's just so many nuances that as an adult i'm just now enjoying and uh it's just so <laughs> it just revisiting it is just it's so interesting because it's like i'm watching basically i'm watching a cartoon as an adult and uh and it's not like anime or anything like that but it's it's like you know it's considered just toddler entertainment and uh i'm but it's like i'm finding it just so funny right now um so yeah i don't know it it could be like the comedy sensibilities were just not very you can't you can't really consider it adult because they just didn't make those kinds of risque jokes back then does adult necessarily kind of mean uh like you know a little blue a little r-rated not necessarily. I mean, you or even like super cranial, like thinkers. Maybe not super. I think there are some aspects of the adult world you probably would have to know. I, I remember being confused as a kid with certain thing. Like if they would have a character who did a certain adult, like a job that I just didn't know of as a kid. Like, and it's like when I grow up, it's like, oh yeah, that guy's a you know. Um, uh, he works in the so-and-so and he's this, you know, marketer or something, you know, whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, now I get what the the context of these jokes are because it's like I understand what this is rather than, you know, just sort of um, bonking someone over the head with a mallet or, you know, and seeing stars. Like there's there's a little bit of context and know-how that needs that goes along with it, I think. I don't know. It seems like you know, comedy is, there's certain forms of comedy that's a, definitely more accessible to broader audiences, slapstick included. Because oh, I me- remember when I said, like, you know, I grew up on the Three Stooges, and I don't know if that's necessarily a kid's property. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the same token, they would screen that, you know, in movie theaters, and wide audiences can kind of go with it. Adults can laugh at it. Kids yeah. can laugh at it because it's like, you kind of understand what's going on. If not, there's just like this violence that's kind of 
funny in a sense. Mm-hmm. But I, I've never really kind of gatekeeped uh, a comedy <laughs> in that kind of sense. Be just like, oh, this is definitely for kids. I mean, maybe it's more towards the references that I don't get. But right. I know I, I can go back and watch even like Sesame Street and find the value and even the humor that they kind of put on, even though they don't really, I don't know if they're making that content for um, adults and kids, mm-hmm. but there's definitely appeal there if you're looking for it. Yeah, I think Sesame Street especially probably takes into account that uh, there are times where maybe the parents are just there with the children watching. So they mm-hmm. need to entertain them too. Like it's not just plop your child down in front of the tv and let them watch they're probably well (laughs) if you talk to my parents that's definitely not the case (laughs) i'm saying that all the time that's what i'm saying Uh (laughs) i'm saying i'm saying sesame street has your back if you are there too uh Mm -hmm. like uh pixar like you you watch these pixar movies and it's like they're very uh like adult themes just that i mean like not even uh dark or or you know risque but it's like there's a lot of themes with disney pixar movies that all you know just adults find really wow this is actually a really dramatic movie and you know things like that like you know not and i'm sure kids i don't know it's really weird i wonder what kids think of because pixar movies can be so dark and sad to to adults so it's a wonder that kids don't just cry at those movies Mm. Maybe they're really kind of distracted by the whole whimsy of the animation and stuff like that. It could be. Um, yeah, but I mean, at, at its core, they really kind of deal with emotional, uh, almost like truths. Yeah. I mean, Inside Out really kind of breaks it down into the actual feelings. But, you know, <laughs> there's like grief when you're talking about like Toy Story 3. Oh, yeah. Or, or things like that. And it's it seems kind of universal. Mm-hmm. I mean, these simple stories really kind of are at the core of being human, just and then just kind of like the animation style and, you know, the situation that they're in is just basically kind of the vessel in which they're really kind of go to that, that feeling that you want to tap. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. And now that I think about it, yeah, I, I, I don't think maybe kids have just sort of that emotional capacity to really grasp how dramatic these situations are. Mm-hmm. They'll just think like if, if I think parents just relate to uh the dad and finding Nemo, like he's so panicked and he's trying to find his son, but to the kids, it's just like, this is what the story is. So this is what's happening. And they just Mm -hmm. don't get caught up in the emotion of it. So yeah, I I can see that basically. And that's, that's interesting, but yeah, like, I mean, Looney Tunes, it's, it's just really surprising me how much I can enjoy it as well as an adult, as I did as a kid. And, uh, and there's even like uh, there are references to old Hollywood that even I still don't get to these day to this day. Like, <laughs> they'll, they'll reference celebrities of the time that I kind of know oh, about, right. and it's like it's so it's so bizarre. And it's like they still played that on Nickelodeon in the in the nineties and things like that. I remember there was also um, I don't know if you know there's like a, there's a text there's a cartoon. Um, brand called Tex Avery where they had uh, they had cartoons called like the blank of tomorrow and it's basically like this is what the future houses or cars or something will look like but they had a lot of jokes about the mother-in-law that I did not get right yeah and that's that's one of the things where I'm like oh this is this is almost like a comedy bit for back then because it's always like this this is the car for the dad and it's like a very, you know, it's like a rusty steel, whatever car. And then this is a car for mm-hmm. the mom. And then it's like a very petite pink thing. And and then it's like, and for the mother-in-law. And it's like a death car or something like that. It's really outdated. But it's also just like, wow, kids just don't know what this means, what the context of this is. So um, <clears throat> that should also include like the whole Hanna-Barbera like catalog too, right, on HBO Max? Or go or I think I saw, uh, yeah because they have Jetsons they have uh, uh-huh. I don't know if Flintstones was was Flintstones Hanna Barbera yeah oh yeah of course they crossed over um yeah that's on there um I think Johnny Quest is on there uh, cool yeah <laughs> I'm a I'm a hard like I'm a I'm a Scooby Doo stand for sure oh, really? oh. way like 
Um, I mean, let's just say, like, I haven't, I like what it stands for. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to say, like, I've watched hours on end and can kind of quote to you, like, classic <laughs> Scooby-Doo, like, episodes back and front, because there is a formula, right? And, okay. um, but I just love the complete reiterations of the Scooby-Doo, every new incarnation that comes out. It's like, I'm always surprised how it's always managed to stay with the times and try and reinvent itself in so many ways. Right. Do they, did they do some, I can't remember because I didn't see the movie, but like, did they put it in modern day and still dress like the sixties or, or something like that? Oh, like, well, they, I mean, there's, there's so many different ways that it's kind of gone. Right. Right. Um, even with the live action ones, they kind of did their best to kind of, uh, model the, the costumes. Um, to like the original six, but it, it's never going to completely hold up all the time. And I'm pretty sure that there is an incarnation where they're, they're a little bit modernized Yeah. or maybe I'm just kind of, um, was it crossing my wires on like some tweet that some random artist did where they're just basically like, what if Scooby-Doo is Gen Z? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just like completely just modernized, but they're still completely recognizable. That's the great part about it. Right. They're iconic their their essence is still there because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i think it's it's interesting because shaggy is pretty much a pothead right and uh that's not i mean well we it's, it's a kid's cartoon man of course <laughs> well, <laughs> he's I, kind of a you can, you can call him a slacker if you want to but yeah. pothead uh he there, there's what, high insinuations on that i feel like there's implications that the 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 cartoon try to put in there i mean yeah. Well, they—he's a guy who just likes to snack, and you know, likes to he's, snack. He's just a little bit, you know, he's not um, paranoid. completely buttoned up all the time. I'm paranoid. So what? He talks to his dog. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. There's the dog no talks dog. back. <laughs> <laughs> Seemingly, I don't. I mean, yeah. Uh, but that's—I think. Well, that's—it's funny because they kind of kept people kind of embrace that because that's kind of a joke that's like oh it's implied how he's he's a product of that era where it's like yeah no he's just a slacker slacker hippie dude and maybe he has some extracurricular activities (laughs) well i mean you need someone of that type because everybody else is so straight-laced it's true yeah i love it yeah I, i just really do i the thing i i it's funny for me to kind of say that i really do but I don't go out and actively consume it as much. If I were to rank that in all of my like favorite franchises and such, obviously Star Trek is for me way at the top. And I'm I'm in currently in the middle of watching the original series because now that I've kind of watched everything else, I feel like I can kind of come back to this one. Right. Forgive a lot of the things that may not hold up as well in 2020 than it did back in the late 60s. Right. But I'm really really enjoying it right now. Did you watch the prequels, like the, what was it, Discovery? Yeah. Do you find going back and revisiting the original series that supposedly takes place after the the newer series, do you find, like, there's a different perspective there or connection? No, they do their best to kind of retcon, retcon the look and really kind of do their best to really kind of make it appealing for... Um, you know, someone who's just kind of consuming it now at a ripe young age, discovering media right. um, in 2020. I don't know. They, they feel like two different shows. Yeah. Uh, which is great because their their new show is kind of going back. And it's, it's almost kind of a reboot of the original series because they're just going to go back to this episodic format mm-hmm. where they kind of visit new worlds and encounter, you know, aliens of, of the week. Right. And, uh, and, and kind of do that with that modern look mm-hmm. and really kind of lock. It's funny because you, I don't know if you know the whole story about how they had that pilot where they had, um, you know, the original captain and right. uh, the original first mate. And that never got off the ground because the execs at the time really couldn't feel like, Oh, who's this dude with the pointy ears? Why <laughs> is the woman in like, you know, the first officer's chair and, you know, and then they basically had to reshot it and recast it with Kirk and everything like that. So now we actually have our almost it's come full circle. And now they have uh, it's called Strange New Worlds uh, as close to the original document that it kind of could be 
60 years removed. It's, oh, a, it's an amazing story. And that's why I really kind of like TV um, yeah. over films, in, in a sense. No, I can't say it's apples and oranges, but I always love the drama in the background. They really kind of see how things kind of shape and turn and who drops out and who asks for more money. Right. Yeah. Whereas the, the film is the film is the film and you kind of get that. And then you're like, maybe you get two more three years apart, but TV such like a living organism that you have to sustain for so long. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I mean, hell with this fresh Prince reviewing I did. And it's like, I've always liked that first aunt Viv uh, more just kind right. of, you know, she, I mean, not even just the actress, but they apparently, I mean, they just wrote her way better and uh, just revisiting this now and looking at it. And it's like, I can see that because there are rumors uh, and there's accounts from Will and other cast members that the the actress is basically a monster <laughs> behind the scenes. And that sort of oh, led for firing. And uh, but when they replaced her, like they just didn't. Uh, they didn't write her character like she used to be. And it's like, she was even more uh, just sort of background in a sense. Cause they like, she used to be just so involved in the stories and she carried out the punishments and things like that. But you can, mm. actually, you can really see like the short, the show really evolved, like with just that simple change. And I guess the writers just felt like, um, I don't know, maybe they just were going to, avoid more troubles from any more actresses by just sort of making her a little bit less less uh, part of the show i don't know but it's 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 yeah it's really interesting to see that sort of dynamic shift and and things like that and something like star trek that went on for years actually the, the original series didn't go on that long did it did um it, three seasons three seasons but it was like it was, was that first season that first season's like 30 episodes. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah. That's so, that's so weird. Cause I know, yeah. Cause I know people love uh, TNG, but like some of the mm. later incarnations uh, like Voyager or something like that, maybe didn't quite hit. And it's, an, it's mm. really interesting to see like Star Trek sort of, uh, they actually, I mean, um, no pun intended they explore different um possibilities with their shows and things like that and you can yeah it's see. it's kind of like that scooby-doo formula where they have to shake it up and try something new but right. kind of um stay close to like the main tenets of really what star trek is about so it's like first it kind of like starts with the captain that always what have you kind of sets the tone for and the mission right so it's the captain and the mission and then you kind of build the rest of the cast around that. Right. Because well, uh, out of all of them, DS, Deep Space Nine is like my complete favorite. I, I think oh. the characters are, are so rich. And because it looms in the shadow of uh, the next generation, it doesn't. It gets overlooked a lot. Um, yeah, that might be the one I'm thinking of. Is that the one where they're sort of stuck out? Like they're they're kind of away from the Federation and they're sort of on their own or something like that? Um, that's, I mean, DS, DS9 and Voyager are oh. similar in that respect because Voyager gets like flung like way across the end of the universe and they have to basically get back on. So they're basically marooned okay. and without any kind of Federation help to really kind of get back to earth. Whereas DS9 is really kind of on the, on the edge of some kind of controlled space, but it's, it's centered on the space station that it's really kind of there. So they're not traveling from planet to planet. They're really kind of dealing with this political situation, having to kind of court this planet to come into the Federation while they're dealing with like other occupiers that are um, trying to deal with that kind of stuff too. And so they're just, they're caught in the middle of this occupation that's really kind of happening. Oh, Wow, that's it's really cool. interesting. Truthfully. Yeah, it sounds I, th that's something I really admired about uh, Star Trek exploring politics in a sense. And we talked about this in the Lost episode, so I'll try not to drudge up. <laughs> the, not too much. Things. Yeah. I think in the Lost episode, I, I kind of really went into philosophy. And I can tell just by how long I've been talking that I'm, I can ramble on of this kind of stuff. But I think what makes this series more special to me is that because you get to 
um, really live with the other races. Right. It's probably oh. the most diverse alien cast in all of um, Star Trek because they all kind of just like sit there on the space station. So you right. really get into the, the cultures and customs of the Ferengi, uh-huh. uh, the Trill, Bajor, and the Cardassians way more than like the handful of episodes that really kind of explore um, the Klingons and through, you know, their like political interactions and or, you know, Worf's unique relationship as kind of like a, a human adopted Klingon that was raised in the Federation. Right. And, and isn't that part of like the, um, the conflict of the characters is sort of like they, they, Come, they build this world of this culture of this alien culture and it could it could completely um conflict with like the way humans live or something like that totally. and it's like that morality um you know um conundrum and then they just sort of have to find ways of of living in peace because that's mm-hmm. the federation basically because that's basically that, yeah. yeah that's that's what i always feel like is so fascinating about it and me only mostly having seen the movies um Mm -hmm. undiscovered country what i loved about that is you don't even have to really have seen the whole show or the background to know how much the humans and the klingons just don't get along and i know like at the time it came out it's supposed to be like sort of a um, Cold War uh, allegory and things like that but like they hammer Mm -hmm. home in that movie how much that putting peace uh, between the two people is just so seems impossible, but yet, you know, they, they really try to make it work. And even though they visibly show like the Klingons are just so savage and it's like, we're so turned off by their, their culture and things like that. But, you know, they, they, um, the general or whomever is a big Shakespeare fan. And so they try to find the common ground. And I always thought that was just really fascinating how they tried to illustrate that, um, the politics. Right. Well, it's, it's kind of like, in a sense, it's another way of life, not wrong or right, but different. And to kind of find a way to kind of share the space that you live in is really kind of what the magic really kind of is. Right. Like the best example uh, usually in Star Trek, and it usually deals with like a couple episodes, is where they sit down and they actually share a meal together, and it's that whole, you know, Temple of Doom or, you know, or, or anything like that, where it's like this is a delicacy where they come from, and they kind of yeah. have to respect each other's cultures. Justine, at least to us. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it, that that's kind of like well, Temple of Doom is probably the worst example of that but if you kind of <laughs> get where i'm going there's an exoticness around it exactly on ds9 um you know quark is the owner of the bar captain cisco is the the dude in charge of the space station and they both have um quark has a nephew a young nephew boy uh-huh. nephew boy obviously nephew. <laughs> young nephew. Uh, and uh and cisco has a son um a human son and you know they're not at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're also a boy. Okay. They're not at each other's throats, but they're obviously two very different, you know, they, they come from two different planets, literally. Right. Um, but the kids, they basically, they're growing up together on the space station. And since they're the only two uh, children of that age kind of on the show, they grow and they form a bond. There's a there's a really funny episode. There's a, there's a funny, like, storyline where um, the kid... Uh, the alien kid gets a real fine um, taste uh, eat for root beer. <laughs> and they're just like, and and his uncle who runs the bar is just kind of like, why are you drinking this human crap? And it's like, it's good. It's different. It's not like anything we know. It's fizzy and everything like that. But it's just, it's just those kind of things. And then they'll, they'll crap on root beer, you know, as kind of like a, a symbol for kind of like human culture and stuff like that. It's like, we're not going to integrate, but that's what you get when you have like two cultures really kind of within proximity of one another. You kind of get this understanding and fusion with just enough time of just cohabitation and kind of in that space. That's cool. That's really cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I was going to, I was going to mention before because you're such a stand for Scooby, but uh, I don't Scooby. If, if you have HBO max, um, no. Just put oh okay. Well they they just, just put the kibosh on that. 
Uh, <laughs> well, they just added the new Scooby Doo animated movie on there. Scooby yeah. And, uh, I don't know. The trailer was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was I'm signed on, but I just I don't put a lot of my budget to go out to the the kino, the cinema. <laughs> well, not now. Yeah. I was actually Especially not now. now. I was, I was, well, the, the drive-ins are still open and, uh, mm. they, they, cause there's nothing at, you know, there's since movie theaters aren't open, there's nothing really to play. So there's just playing like uh twister in Jurassic park in like oh, Disney movies. I was going to go mm. see Jurassic park. Cause I was like, you know what? I haven't seen it in a while. The first one. And I, I was like, th- this would be in like drive throughs I probably have gone, not drive through drive-ins. I probably gone to see like i've probably gone five times in my life to drive in movies Same. and they're yeah. they're always an interesting experience and like especially now where it's like i want to get out i want to usually i would see a movie but can't do that and it's like oh wait a minute uh, a drive-in might be kind of a fun experience and if like, you're in your car you don't have to worry about anyone in there or not even worry about a normal theater audience and things like that. i I really don't enjoy the drive-in experience all so much. I could see maybe that. it's it's I, yeah it's not yeah I could see that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel more people misbehave just because you know they're not supposed to be hushed in a dark in a quiet setting. And then at the same time, I always have in the back of my head, it's like this is this can't be good for the environment. I'm just or or my car just kind of leaving either the engine running or uh, just the battery going. Mm, yeah for like an out two hours i guess yeah. you, if you wanted to you could just leave i mean you could i think i don't know if they still have the speakers i i i think some of them still do but i guess you could like yeah and then you dial in on yeah you dial in through your radio right yeah the, you can do that too but i mean like they'll, they'll i think some of them still have uh the speakers you just took in your car or something like that and you can turn your car because that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what the intent was um, for the drive-in. Um, even even as a retro experience, kind of like a kitschy Johnny Rockets kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really feel it as much, but I do. I do enjoy any uh, you know diner drive-through that has people on roller skates. I think that's always going to be like a thing that gets me because uh, I just respect that art very much. <laughs> and it is art. Yes, the yeah. uh, the nostalgia restaurants. Mm-hmm that's great but the drive-in experience is completely like not not my bag i could see that it, I'm, I'm, unless i'm supposed to be some kind of like rowdy teenager like <laughs> i guess greece is like the best example of that where you're just you know you're you're not meant to watch the movie it's just meant right. to be uh, a hanging out place and uh you can walk around and go on a set of swings and <laughs> <laughs> profess your love to some blonde australian girl I was I'm thinking just, it would have been nice if I had someone to go with me to just watch in the back seat, but it's like, yeah, I don't know if people will do that. <laughs> I don't like, know, man. You also don't want to get peepers. There's a lot of so. going to a drive together. That's a lot of pretense. That's a lot of proximity. And, uh, you know, it's just like, I don't need more. Um, I, I don't, I don't need a better probability chance that it just seems like a, a den of sexual abuse that, could be going on because everybody knows what happens at a drive-in i don't this you don't go weird. to the makeout spot no yeah well i mean actually yeah, I, plan on seeing the stars it's the old cliche of you know like uh, going to the drive-in and steaming up the windows or something like that <laughs> but um no, no that was, i don't need that that was just a random should not lost sex until you're 25 at least <laughs> <laughs> like i'm are you taking emotional test or something like that somehow or that, like, no I've always been a big proponent of that. Oh yeah. Like um you remember that scene in Starship Troopers where uh they're yeah. they're taking a shower together? Yeah. And then the the lady goes like I'm having a baby but um like you have to get like a license to have a baby. Yeah. Like I'm so for that. Yeah. Like you got to pass a test to know that you can are ready to literally foster a child into the future. Right. I'm mean, like oh, do you want a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a friend, a partner? Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta pass the test first. Exactly. State I'm mandated. I mean, that would definitely uh, take care of a lot of the problems that the movie Idiocracy uh, scarily showed us, <laughs> where the intellectuals don't breed as fast as the um, you know the, oh, right. the idiots do. But um, uh, I mean, maybe it's a classist thing. Yeah, <laughs> another, another way to, for the man to keep us down. 
book man i'm for idiots i i, I am an idiot myself so uh-huh. <laughs> i can say that um well look speak for <laughs> yourself you may be an idiot but i identify as a dumbass <laughs> i'm a complete dumbass that's just a fancy idiot right there Oh, yeah, silent B right in the middle of the word. Exactly. That's the... I've always I've always enjoyed kind of uh, subtly pronouncing the B in dumbass. Dumbass? <laughs> it sounds like I have a cold or something. Dumbass. 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 <laughs> dumbass. It, does, it sounds like a fun way to circumvent um, if like if you ha- if a kid wanted to curse but couldn't, then he could basically say dumbass like a fish oh geez <laughs> do you have those <laughs> growing up massive? no no just <laughs> the, these uh these hacky like oh tips for kids <laughs> you uh, want to curse say the say dumbass real slow and then besides that b and then your parents can't whoop you i do i i well i i do i i like to make corny jokes not necessarily dad jokes but like I like to make corny jokes to just um, frustrate my friends, and then uh, oh yeah, that's the best. Yeah, and uh, low hanging fruit. So really, it's yeah, it's for my entertainment. I don't I don't do this particularly in front of them, but uh, I just always I remember in eighth grade I think there was a mm-hmm. there was a, one of those uh, loose cannon kids in my class who, who <laughs> a loose cannon eighth yeah, grader. You know, you never a know Cody Banks, <laughs> but he was always the one. who was a class clown and everything. And uh, at one point, I just remember he was lingering on this, and we were all on the edge of our seat because he asked the teacher a question and she said something, and then he goes, "Son of a." biscuit <laughs> and we were all just oh <laughs> you almost just said that in front of the teacher the, the first time i ever cursed it's actually caught on tape i was <laughs> i was uh i was snow sledding up in the mountains and then um you know i i was like oh there's an opening between these two bushes and there's a ditch that goes on be- between them so if i hit it really hard I could use it as a ramp to really kind of fly across the other end. So I, I go down the, the the mountain, the hill, and then I, I target it just right. I land right in between the two bushes, but there's not enough snow or the ditch is too deep. Oh, no. And I just I just basically just wedge myself into the ditch. I'm just stuck <laughs> there. And then you just hear a little, <laughs> like a little six-year-old me just go, yes. <laughs> I don't know if my dad caught it. Man, but if I was holding the ca- if I was holding the camera, I would probably laugh my ass off. <laughs> the camera, I, I I have a vision in my head that the camera would just sort of following you as you go down, uh-huh. and then yeah. hit the ditch, and then the camera keeps going, but you don't see you anymore. <laughs> and it's oh, like, wait a minute, what happened to Gerard? <laughs> oh yeah, he was never to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> He's stuck. Clear in violation of the of the. <laughs> Of the law there. Demolition style. Give me the demerit. <laughs> Aren't they remaking that movie? Uh, I saw something. I, I think... I, no, I think Stallone said there's he's going to do a sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I love that movie. But a lot of that movie's uh, charm comes from Simon Phoenix. And uh, yeah. I don't know if they can just match that kind of... Uh, character because i always thought that wesley snipes played that character like the joker he's very unhinged mm-hmm. and plays jokes he like he's he's chaos he's pure chaos and um just that i mean stallone was good in that movie too and um actually what is wesley snipes's uh martial arts training and background i think because he, he doesn't bust it out like he used to all the time uh, I think he just uh, studied karate. Just, just stunt trained? Or did he actually have no, any martial arts he, like, background? I think he actually trained growing up in uh, martial arts. Because uh, he also, I I, I remember um, around the time the first Blade came out, he hosted a special on TNT after WCW Nitro. Uh, it, mm. was, uh, it, was, it was like, yes, it was, um, it was uh, sort of some sort of ceremony honoring the... Uh, the greatest masters of 
martial arts and um i think it's even called like um honoring the masters in the martial arts or something like that and it's just like grandmasters who have reached um i don't know a tier above black belt or grandmaster or you know like the those who have tried status exactly and they you know yeah. they're the top of the pyramid and everything like that so and you have, i remember they 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 always did they broke it up into sections where you have karate so and then you have the karate masters and they're honored and then you have mm-hmm. uh brazilian jiu-jitsu and then you have brazilian jiu-jitsu masters and things like that and then wesley snipes would come out and present to the crowd and then he basically gave his background and i think I want to say he studied in classic karate because I think that was the most accessible style back in the day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he is. Uh, his, a, kicks were, his kicks were super strong. I, I I loved his form. Oh yeah, and in Demolition Man, he busts it out too. You can see it where yeah. uh, he fights Stallone. So yeah, I'm. Well, he has those. He has those boots, right? <laughs> As Simon Phoenix, and so it, he was almost kind of like this black street fighter guile character it's true because he because his his um his sidekick and when he just extends out his heel is just like it's it's a form just kind of burned in my memory oh yeah no he it was great form and uh like uh i i think um i'm excited i mean i i love demolition man and it's gonna be really it's interesting to see people want to say like oh predicted a lot of things or like society is going that way now but it's like there i mean there are a lot of um and it's interesting how you talked about starship troopers because there's that scene where um sundra bullock basically says sex is outlawed and you have to kind of put on these helmets to sort of simulate the sensations Mm -hmm. uh of sex and and like if you want to have kids you have to go to a lab and it's really weird how people like because there's a lot of censorship and people like to say oh this is the way things are going with the pc culture and things like that but really there's a lot of just uh 1984 type you know uh totalitarian things about like there's anything that's deemed bad or yeah anything that's deemed not good for you is bad therefore it's illegal so it's like that's Mm. why taco bell's uh food is like really weird and uh tiny and (laughs) things like that it's like no salt there's no chocolate in existence anymore and oh man it's just uh so it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle the future in a sequel if they do do it i just they they need to come back with the cups dude like i need to Uh, i need to go back to taco bell and collect all the cups like every once in a while i'll see like a tweet about um the old batman forever glasswares that you used to get at like mcdonald's and i'm like bro why can't i have that again those are (laughs) classic and I'll, i'll see them pop up at like a like a local like flea market and i don't even know if we were, we're gonna have these going forward but oh, yeah. those are the best oh god i i really want to you're kind of inspiring me i guess i don't know if they're gonna have flea markets right now but i really would love to just go to go to one and see if they have some of that old stuff because yeah i see i definitely think there's probably some on amazon for purchase but it's probably going to be really uh expensive um, but like, sure. yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a, a third market for it, like on eBay, obviously. Yeah. A bunch of collectors and things like that. And cause yeah. you know, I'll, I'm subscribed to a lot of collector accounts on Instagram. And so really? a whole bunch of, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's really cool to just see even stuff that, uh, I'd never had, but I remember seeing in the, the store, like I, I just oh, saw, like poison stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, okay. I just saw, well, uh, a lot of nostalgic things because they'll have like the toys you get in the McDonald's happy meal and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. some of them ring a bell. Some of them I don't, don't remember or never heard of. Uh, but like, yeah, there was a, I just saw a picture uh, someone posted of uh, this mortal mortal Kombat had a toy line. I don't know if you remember, mm-hmm. but it's like, it was from the makers of GI Joe. So their figures were very GI Joe looking and they mm-hmm. they came out with these was this in conjunction with the animated series or is it just more based on the video game i think it, it, it i think it's around that time i don't know if it's specifically the toy line was based on the animated series but it's definitely 
there was a big year where Mortal Kombat just like came at you at all fronts. Like not, yeah, man. just not just the movie, yeah, but the toys. And the top hit. Yeah. The, the music. On the airwaves. So I, I don't know. It goes back and forth, but like, yeah, I, I had some of those figures, but like they also, since it was a toy line, they had to come up with like vehicles and stuff. So there was like a Shang <laughs> There was like a Shang sure. pirate ship toy that I remember seeing and just just looking at it and and i think it came with a shang Tsung figure and he was dressed like a pirate and he had like a sword a pirate sword and i, I mean they have the shang Tsung ship in the movie and i think it's in the game but it's like it's made to look like a pirate ship like they're it'll, it'll say like includes sorcerer cannons <laughs> it's just so how they try to um repurpose like gi joes into the mortal Kombat world so what's your biggest um your favorite toy line let's say you had to dump all your money into collecting something and you probably you might do some people have their funko pops right some people like transformers what's what's your deal okay i'm going back and forth i i did collect i still have a lot of the um still have a lot of the 90s star wars figures in my house um they're all I think all but one are out of the box <laughs> and uh, Jeez. I should see how much that's worth now. <laughs> um, but there are also, I would love to just um, not just like a, a toy line, but like um, a company. Cause I used to love, uh, they did all the um, Kenner. That's what it is. They did like, right. um, they did all the, the old school. Exactly. They did. They did like the Batman. They did the ghostbusters. They did, um, they didn't do Ninja Turtles. I don't know if I could choose one line. Maybe. Yeah. But if I had to, I would say Kenner. <laughs> Just because they had all the, because they had those little booklets where you could, and, and their toys where you could see everything they offered. And it was like, it was like, you know, whatever movie was out at the time, you can get those licensed mm-hmm. toys. So it's like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and, and things like that. So I would. The, those, the real Ghostbusters toy line was legit. Oh God, yeah. They had probably the best toys because, like the, the the figures, and then even like the proton pack and with the traps. I think objectively, that's like probably the best line you could have the most fun with as a kid. Oh, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree because I got a lot of those equipment, and just I didn't even need friends to play with. I just put the uh-huh. pack on. I had the trap. I had like the the um, the trap is so and, iconic. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and it's one of those, it's, it's just a prop. That's always so cool. No matter, you know, when, whenever you come across it, it's just like, you want to hold it in your hand and just kind of expect it from all angles. It's such a cool, it's just such a cool idea. And the way they just, they made it functional as a toy. I always, it was always impressive because you could, I think it was air operated and you just stomp mm-hmm, yeah. the thing and then it would just open it and it was perfect. And then, uh, yeah. They would all, I, I, yeah, like everything you, every equipment you had uh, came with a ghost. So you had like something you can fire at already. And oh my God. I'm, bl- I'm blanking. I'm blanking on this. Did that new Ghostbusters movie come out with the kids? Oh. Uh, or was that, or did we just get the trailer and then like COVID happened? We got the trailer. Yeah. I don't, but there wasn't, I wasn't really sure. I think it was supposed to come out later this summer or maybe later this, this summer. year yeah but like i haven't really heard anything Anyways, on sorry. that front yet because i know yeah, sorry to sorry to sidetrack oh no that's okay because i know bill and ted is they're finished filming and they're finished post with post. yeah it's ready to go so yeah yeah they're basically just waiting to see when they but i don't know if like ghostbusters is in the same uh camp right now no but speaking of the toys man if like if you had an imagination, that's great. And you're just like, oh, hold the hold the ghost in the air with the proton pack. And then, all right, dude, slide the trap. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it. Hit the switch. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if you had, like, all the weapons from, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or, like, guns from, like, G.I. Joe, I don't think you could really kind of have much real fun, imaginary pretend time than you would have with those Ghostbusters toys. Oh, 100%. Like, uh, Ninja Turtles, I don't think... You that's I think that's what's the fun of Ghostbusters is that they were scientists and they actually had all this equipment stuff. So you can actually hmm. relate it to like I mean, I guess 
Donatello in the Ninja Turtles would invent a bunch of things, but it's obvious. Yeah, he, that, had, he does machines. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah. I think it's obvious after like, okay, we made the weapon toys. Now what? <laughs> it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, the Rocksteady and Bebop guns. Okay. Now what? And so they had to like sort of invent all these new things that maybe they put it in the cartoon to advertise it, but they basically, it's like, okay, this is a, a turtle cannon or something like that. And uh, right. just something like it's um, in the, like even in the action figures, um, both Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles, they had to come up with um, different kinds of, ghostbusters and ninja turtles like they'll have for the ninja turtles they had like the sports sports star oh yeah turtles um well lucky i'll give it to the turtles figures because they were very adorable they were (laughs) were. their their limbs are just so honky (laughs) chonky chonky (laughs) yeah honky is not the word oh honky and then like the gi joe figures you know i'd always snap the rubber band in the joint so then it's just like even (laughs) it would never survive my abuse and then at the same time it's kind of like even if i treated it with the utmost respect the 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 rubber band's probably going to just like you know deteriorate over time oh yeah and then what are you going to do with it yeah the legs are just dangle there i think that Cause that was meant to really kind of give you like a semi spring action. Right. So you can like punch out yeah, the Cobra kicking and, and things like that. Okay. I, I, I do want to give a shout out to probably, I mean, I don't know what, I, I don't know if I would want to collect the whole toy line, um, but mm. the, the mighty Morphin power Rangers had some like, cause there's Zor. Yeah. They're legit. Yeah. The, I mean, the thing like it was, it always impressed me the ingenuity of, uh, the Zord because it was like it was basically Voltron Transformers stuff but it's like the the way it transferred over from the show to the toy was perfect near perfect Mm -hmm. but uh so you yeah you got to like transform the Zord and I remember even me and my friend uh playing with my playing with my Zord toys while my mom and his mom were off. Wait, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't hear you. Did you, did you say playing with your Zord toys? Playing with the Zord toys, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with my nephew boy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Call back. Nice. Um, but we were playing with the Zord toys as nephew boys. And uh, <laughs> while my mom was talking to his mom on the side and they were just sort of watching us while they were conversing and, I just remember his mom was legit impressed with the way we transformed uh, the individual Zords into the Megazord. <laughs> and mm. then we got the Dragon Zord out and we made the Mega Dragon Zord. And then yeah. like, she was legit impressed with the ingenuity and engineering that came with the toys. It was like, wow, you had these five different animal robots. And then you actually made like a giant robot out of it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? This is. That's how it's really fun to just transform them. So I guess mm-hmm. technically it's a transformer toy, but ah, man, those, that was a big part of my childhood right there. No, they're great. My, my cousin's about like 10 years younger than me. So he had all of them. Oh, really? All of them. So jealous. They're like, they're primo toys. They're super durable. They, they obviously great on the reseller market. <laughs> Did he continue after Mighty Morphin? Did he do Zeo too? <laughs> yeah, he had them all the way up until forever. I don't, I don't really like. There was a point I think like after Zero where I dropped out. Yeah, but um, I actually on my desk right here I have the like replica Red Ranger helmet just kind of sitting here Ooh. looking at me that you can wear. <laughs> yeah, I saw it on Amazon for like thirty five bucks, and I was like, well, that's a nice little statement piece, even though it's not like it's actually pretty premium. For what it is, it's oh, really? just plastic. But um, imagine having like a fiberglass one—that'd be sick. Oh man, yeah. Well, I mean, when it does have the detail on it, it is really nice to look at. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think yeah, because I mean, people buy fun- like you mentioned Funko Pops earlier, and I get it. I mean, they're they're cool, but I'm also like, you don't really do anything with them. <laughs> so they just sort of sit there. Who does, who does anything with any of their toys? I still yeah, that's play. no, I don't know. Well, I mean, like you can still yeah. pose. I've seen, um, and that's another thing. Like I've seen uh, these really awesome 
uh, Neko toys. I think I'm pronouncing it right, but it's like they're mm. they do detailed recreations of like movie characters um, and or Neka, I think, with an A. And uh, uh-huh. the people, there are photographers out there that like actually they do dioramas of their of these toys. So like um, they have. They have like, you know, Jason from Friday the 13th and they'll just like make a little diorama of him stalking someone. And like, it's a really cool that they'll have like a forest background with little lights peering through and they'll take these photographs of it, post them online. And it looks if you like you have to double take to see was that a actual picture from the movie or is that pose or what was that? And But it's like it's a toy. So you can do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Toy photography is a real deal. But like, I mean, Funko Pops, they they just like just they look like characters, and then they just sit there. So, oh man, I'm basically You're just completely destroying our potential ad deals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm just throwing shade at Funko Pop fans right now, but I am. <laughs> oh, they're good. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's definitely more of an adult thing. You they're not really all that poseable, so yeah, just, they just they do just stand there, and you're supposed to kind of like I have them all. Do you have some? Um, no, I, I dare not go down that hole because <laughs> then it'll just consume my life. And I have friends that do. Ah, okay. And it's just like I don't have the space. I'm I'm I would consider myself a minimalist. I I remember I was introduced to Mary Kondo like when she hit like the time one hundred, and then I was like, "Who's this lady?" Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh, this this person. <laughs> She's gonna get me out of the, my funk." <laughs> But if I see a random like Star Trek thing that just looks cool, I definitely have that. The most uh, thing I have of anybody is just like incarnations of Picard. So I have um, a cardboard standee. Oh. I have like this little little plushie, uh, <laughs> and then I have um, I have a really cool just like I would say about like a twelve inch action figure that was that was really cool that I bought at GameStop on sale. So oh. you know, I need to really kind of just keep that to a minimum <laughs> i mean i guess if you had if you had like a, a an office job it'd be nice to just sort of decorate your desk with certain things that'll show your individuality and in, in oh individuality. yeah <laughs> that's the only that's that's the problem i i don't like to nest at my desk oh yeah <laughs> i don't because people just come around and start touching your stuff and it's like this is all personal to me <laughs> oh is this your family okay put my picture down but i kind of feel like it's a really good strategy to nest like so hard so that they feel like they can't like fire you because then it's like how are you going to clean up all this stuff <laughs> i never thought of he's that. like he's just so he's just so he's in his his cave he's so settled in it's like he'd have to pack up all these things it's gonna Holy be a crap. awkward hour <laughs> yeah he's like well he only has his computer and then you just have to wipe down the desk and then you can get somebody else in that cubicle. Oh my gosh. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a really great strategy. <laughs> well, this is episode five. How do you think, uh, yep. how do you think we've been doing so far? Bro, we made it. We made it. Oh my God. Five episodes, six, technically. Technically. Uh, five episodes, six, technically over eight weeks. Yeah. Those are the stats. It's in schedule. Um, it's a, I mean, I, this was, this has been really cool. This is, <laughs> um, so I wouldn't mind continuing. I just, the, well, I mean, season one, season one, yeah, five okay. episodes. We put the cap on it. We finally did it. I'm just glad we made it this far. It's more, more than I really thought I was, <laughs> was going to happen from, from this grand experiment of ours. <laughs> so I mean, who knows? You really, I mean, listen, you got to leave them on a cliffhanger. That's you true. can't just say like, will we be back? We got to do the Batman 66 kind of like. <laughs> will, will Gerard see other Bruce Lee movies? Will, huh? will EJ start watching Star Trek? Catch him next season on the EJ Gerard show. It's so weird to say that out loud sometimes. Yeah, I know. I All right. Yeah, I. What's that? Well, no, I was just like, yeah, no, this is a, this was fun to just sort of jump into. This is going to mm. be the reflecting portion now. Um, but well, yeah, we're, like, we, we're reflecting a little bit too late. We're about up by time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's the finale. We can, we can do our little 
we can do a little overtime. Um, not too much because we only have five free hours on that service. We use. Oh okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> save for uh, season two. Yeah, yeah. I'll do. Yeah, I'll, that's what I'll start for the in the next season. So, did anybody get back to you on? A, remember how we last time we had a little call out for somebody <laughs> to just say something? Nothing, right? No, no just no, shouting no. in a hole. They say if you're great at if you're good at something you tell people if you're great at something people tell you and nobody's told me oh jeez so I've never okay <laughs> well we're only getting better I hope I hope so maybe we should just tell people we're good that's halfway there so um, yeah I tell um, people that all the time I was like I'm good yeah my mom says I'm good that's oh Millhouse <laughs> there you are <laughs> my mom thinks I'm cool. Uh, but uh, no, I've really enjoyed our time, uh, getting to know mm. you, getting to feel free. Yes. So, um, yeah, season two, we'll we'll iron out the details and get ready. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, for me and Jay, uh, if you need to find us on Twitter, I'm at Gerard Yang. You know I am. What what a man! What a man! W U T A M A N twice. We're going to get you to change that. Not really, though. Keep it. It's the it's, best. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been since the beginning, so I'm not going to change it now. Not for nobody. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll All see right. you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you.